All right, boys and girls, welcome to Agency Nation Radio Podcast. I am your guest host for today's festivities, James Jenkins, hailing from the great state of Texas. Welcome to 2023, everybody. I am so glad that you are here with us. The Agency Nation Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Big Eye. So we want to thank our friends at The Big Eye and Trust the Choice for bringing this to you. This is a special two-part episode, I have to let you know. Uh, We are going to get into part one uh, here right now, which you're listening to. We're going to talk about resilience and rising in a recession. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the release of part two, which is going to be talking about practical methods for growth. That's going to be all about processes, steps, and accountability, or as we call it here at Riskwell, systems, processes, and workflows, or SPW. So this is part one here. I am very excited to be joined by my distinguished guests, Michelle Rupp and Mark Ahart. They are going to do most of the talking, I assure you. If you're like, okay, this is not the James Show. You're not an Agency Freedom podcast. So let's make sure we get to the guests as soon as possible. I want to give a shout out uh, to Susie Bonner. She is the AVP for Marketing Communication at The Big Eye. She drafted a little intro here that I think is just perfect. So I'm going to go ahead and read it word for word. I know I don't typically read anything on a podcast, but it's so good. I wanted to give it to you word for word. You can tell Susie is in charge of marketing communications, but this thing is uh, just listen. Here you go. It's a new year. And depending on how you define it, we are either in or very likely to be in a recession. The insurance industry and independent agencies have often been referred to as recession proof. However, the agency universe studies conducted during the last two economic downturns show that this might not be the case. In 2008 and the pandemic show that more agencies report decreases in revenue compared to more prosperous times. Between 2008 and 2009, 37% of agencies reported a decrease in revenue. Similarly, 25% of agencies reported decreases between 2020 and 2021. While this still leaves a significant number of agencies reporting growth or revenue remaining the same or higher during recessions, in parentheses, Michelle and Mark are definitely like that. I know just from talking to them that they both flourished during the recession. My office, Riskwell, did too, which is why the three of us are on this podcast right now, if I can be honest with you. So it shows that nothing can be taken for granted because the three of our offices are definitely not the norm in the industry. Going back to what Susie wrote, while we can't control the economy, what we can control is setting goals and implementing strategies to help our agencies and our teams grow their relationships with clients, grow referral business, and grow into new lines of business, whatever the economic environment. The opportunities are there, and as leaders, we just need to harness it. So let's go ahead and I'll hit my little whoosh button there and get to our guest, Michelle Rupp and Mark Ahart. I'm going to start with Michelle because ladies go first where I come from. I know Mark doesn't have any problem with that. Michelle, why don't you give us your intro, who you are, where you're from, uh, and what you love most about being a professional in this industry. And Mark, you can just follow on right behind her when she's done talking. Okay, my name is Michelle Rupp, obviously. Um, I'm in Seattle, Washington, second generation insurance brat. We do about half personal lines, half um, commercial lines, and right in the middle of the city. 
And yes, I've been around a very long time. My dad died young and I took over the agency when I was in my 20s. So I was here to, during 2008, but um, I love this business because there's, good golly, there's so much opportunity to have personal growth because as an agency owner, you get to do everything. And that's very exciting. So I continue to super enjoy this business forever and ever. Yeah, and I am Mark Avart. I uh, originally from New Jersey, now down in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, I follow Michelle. I also am an insurance brat. Uh, my grandfather started the agency up in New Jersey back in the 50s. My dad purchased it. Um, we kept it in the family. We have a small family agency. My uncle joined and partnered with my dad, um, who ran a successful business for years and years. And now actually my sister, Jill Roth, and I are partners uh, in purchasing the agency out. Um, so we do have two offices, one up in Phillipsburg, New Jersey, small suburb, and one in Alexandria, Virginia, right outside of DC. Um, and same with Michelle. It's, uh, it's a great industry, not one that a lot of people kind of walk into or think that they want to uh, go into, but it's, it's something that I find I enjoy every day and love meeting new people and new businesses and new industries. And yeah. Fantastic answers, both you guys. So as we said at the top, our theme for this episode is resilience and how to sustain and even rise in a recession. So my first question, and I, let's just say all of these questions are for both of you. You guys can jump in however you want to. So how have you, as the leaders of your agencies, how have you prepared ahead of time for uh, the hard market that we're all in right now? Uh, I'd love, you know, one or two uh, tactics or strategies that you guys have deployed in your office to be resilient and prepare for the hard times before we get there. Well, I can talk about what I did really poorly in 2008. Um, I had absolutely no buffer. I was balls to the walls. I was doing a new kind of a startup with Safeco. Then I had a little failed merger. I had got a lot of press um, for being flexible. And one of the things I didn't say in my intro was that we've been remote for almost a decade, over a decade. So we, I got press for our flexibility, our workplace flexibility. So I had these new employees. I mean, I would, I had no buffer whatsoever. And then every, then the bottom dropped out of everything. So I had to scramble. So that was a very difficult lesson for me. You gotta have some kind of buffer. And what I mean is you need to have some breathing room during this time. This is the time to not just go, oh, or panic and do a bunch of new initiatives. It's really more of a time to step back, taper, take a breath and decide what it is that your outcomes are going to be for the next year. I believe in outcomes, not goals. And we'll talk more about that. But for me, it's taking a breath and relaxing and figuring out how you're going to weather the storm. Mark, how I about you, man? Yeah, and I think it's important to be proactive. I think that's the one of the, the highlights of insurance and, and being successful. Um, it, I, it's insurance is a little bit difficult because we don't have a tangible product, and so it's. Uh, I think it's a people industry. I think you need to really develop relationships, and I think you need to um, be on the forefront and be, be making calls to your clients, reaching out. Um, emails don't do it anymore. I think you still need. To, I, I know people love emails, but. I still think it's important to pick up the phone, um, stop in at a, at a business and um, and show face. Um, so, yeah, I think resiliency really is kind of being a people person. I think it's it's making sure that your um, your employees are are really reaching out and and 
and making sure that your um, your clients are feel that they're being taken care of. I love that. You know, my answer to this question really is: don't get cute. Don't try to have some clever shtick or something to go to market and get some likes on social media. I think when you're preparing for the hard times, when you're buckling down, it is a time to go back to your core competency. You know, go back to what you do best. And each office is going to have their own answer there. For some folks, that means bread and butter, standard market personal lines. For some folks, that means nothing but artisan contractors. You know, for some folks, that might be, you know, trucking or whatever your niche specialization is. You know, maybe uh, you really love going after life and disability and long-term care insurance. And PNC is like an oh-by-the-way sort of thing. Whatever your answer is out there in listener land, that's what you need to be doing. As we, I hate to break it to you, as we deal with the recession, in my opinion, by every indicator, we are already in the front end of a recession. And uh, the we RiskWell operates in more than 40 states. We see it across almost all of them, the hard market situations. It's not just coastal. It's not just in property. It's basically across the board, every line of business, every geographic market. So as you prepare, you really need to double down on what you're very good at. And don't try to be cute with the rest of it. Let, let's cut the gimmicks for 23 and just focus on what you're really great at. So leads us into a, a great conversation about the people that actually make this stuff happen. Michelle and Mark and I, uh, we are accomplished leaders. We are very good at what we do as agency principals. But let's be honest, we can't do it without excellent team members. Um, I'm going to start with you, Mark, this time. What is your your basic philosophy that you build your team around? Maybe it's your leadership paradigm. Maybe it's a hiring strategy. Take the question any way you want to. And Michelle, just follow right along behind him. Yeah, so again, we're a smaller agency. We have 17 staff and we really, we really truly do try to make it a small extension of our family. Um, so even though it's a family agency, we really try to make the employees feel like they're part of the family as well. Um, I think that's really important. Uh, one of the challenges that I think that you, with recessions and you know with the pandemic and stuff, is that um, employee turnover can change too. So it's it's hard to give a definite answer on certain things because it won't always stay the same. Uh, I know that when the when the pandemic hit, um, I mean our agency turnover was non-existent. I mean people re people left when they retired. Um, with the pandemic, we had some employees that chased money, which is understandable. I completely understood, but uh, it was difficult having to, to find and staff that, those positions. But um, so with that said, we have, you know, younger, we actually were able to find some younger talent and younger employees um, age-wise. Um, and so with that, it's, it's creating that family brand, uh, making them feel that they are part of the family, making, making them feel that they're part of the business. And, uh, and then that, I think that then portrays often to the clients. Well, and I agree. I think one of the things that struck me about Mark's story about having turnover during the pandemic is there's always a silver lining to all the challenges. And if you just hang in there, you will find them. And similarly, when we've had some turnover and we had a lot of people for a long time at a certain point in the agency, what we discovered is some of those people needed to go and they we needed to infuse the agency with a with a different point of view for us um what i have found really helpful particularly in commercial lines and in personal also but i have i've always practiced opus 
practiced open book management. I want everyone in the agency to understand what we're up against when we're running an agency. And what that helps them understand is how to take empathy to their clients and know that they're running a business and that insurance is just a tiny piece of their business. It's a really important, it's very important to us, but it's not as important to them. However, it's a big line item. So when they can put it in context and help put it in context with the, they can take what I've taught them about running a business, and go out to our clients and understand how it fits within their whole framework and their budget, it's very helpful. So bringing that empathy and that goes back to Mark's idea of the one-on-one, it's really helpful to have those conversations. And so for us, the culture is a really important piece of why we keep thriving during some of these times. You know, we at, at Riskwell, we follow the EOS, the Entrepreneur's Operating System. Uh, for those of you that may be familiar, it's a book by Gino Wickman called Traction. Uh, get a hold of your business is where the EOS originated from. Uh, I, I don't think I'm unique in that regard. A lot of folks follow the EOS. Uh, there's a concept in that book that talks about the right people in the right seats. You can have the right person who's in the wrong seat or the wrong person who's in the right seat. You, you know how it goes. The secret to success is attracting the right people to join our team, uh, find people that uh, align with the way that we operate. You know, one of the people I love following on LinkedIn is sales trainer Josh Braun. Uh, and one of his lines that he just says all the time is, you can't create or guide motivation. You just have to align with it. The moment that we start uh, as business owners, we start trying to influence or adjust people's behavior. I think we're going about it the wrong way. We have to find people whose motivation, whose goals and desires, what they want for their career aligns well with who we are as agencies. They're, we've all experienced the whole round peg and square hole thing when it comes to a team member. And that's miserable. I think we get all, uh, for those of you that are just listening and not watching on the YouTube channel, that's a miserable process. Uh, there's a bunch of head shaking here. So uh, for sure there, I'm going to transition now. And Michelle, I'm going to ask you first here, uh, what are some landmines that you have experienced in your career when it comes to enduring hard times, when it comes to a hard market, a recession? What are some landmines that you want to warn our listeners about? Well, I think all of the things that we've talked about for sure. The landmines for me is to get ahead of my skis. And I think you talked about it when you said, don't get cute. It is not the time to go chasing after new markets, in my opinion, because that takes a lot of time and energy. What we focus on and what I think that has been a very important thing, because I've done it the wrong way too, where it's like, oh, this is the time to go after. People are, are looking around. This is a great time to go after a new market. People are thinking differently, so they'll be open to things. That takes so much time and energy, and you only have so many hours in the day, and you really need to focus on your current clients. So when I think about what our goals are, so setting goals is be very specific about and thoughtful about not trying to do goal setting that is really specific. I have found that if I think about, let's make sure our revenue increases 5% and we don't really care how that happens. It could be with adding lines to existing clients because I have found if we think more in those terms, as opposed to we're doing it this way, we're going to build 
this much new business. It never works out that way. We find that we've increased revenue in a whole different way. So being open to the idea that you're going to have a broad outcome is very helpful because it doesn't lock you into some kind of rigid thinking. You can be more open to what's going on out there. So to me, the pitfall is being over controlling about goal setting. It's really easy to do it because we're all a little bit in somewhat, I don't know, panic is probably too big of a word, but you know, there's a concern and I think we can overreact in that case. Mm -hmm. Mark, yeah, you, I, yeah, I think that, um, goals, I mean, the goal setting thing is, is pretty important too. So, um, and so when you, if you do go after target markets, especially for your employees, um, go after something you enjoy, go after something that you know, or are passionate about. Um, I mean, don't go after a trucker if you don't know anything about truckers. If you know, if you enjoy golfing, go after golf courses. You know, try to try to go after something that you know. Um, one of the big things too, you know, weathering the storm is is retention. I think retention is huge. And so, you know, I go back to when I say when you're getting to the hard market is you know being people persons, being you know reaching out, being you know risk managers. Um, retention's big. Hard markets, you're going to lose business. You know, businesses go out, you lose their business. So. Uh, it's it's important to hold on to the ones that you currently have, and uh, the great thing about with with the hard market too is that it brings additional premium. I mean, the rates are going up, and so it's important yeah. to retain retain that business and hold on to the market that the, the products that you have. And uh, and and I I just can't stress enough relationships. I think it's very important to pick up a phone, to stop at an office, stop at a business, and and show a little face and show a little compassion, and uh, and and be a risk manager, be be that frontline worker for them. Love it. I don't really I have another anything. thing, James. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Michelle. You're good. Well, it just, it comes to mind sometimes that there, there isn't really any magic out there. I think particularly those of us that have smaller agencies, I've seen it again and again with a producer, seeing that they're up against a really a huge increase in premium and feeling like some other broker could do better and going to a place where they're like, we are not doing a good job for this client. And I've seen them actually encourage clients to leave. And we do that sometimes because we really think we're in it for the long haul, right? And we want people to be happy and feel like we've done a service for them, but only to go to some place where they offered the same markets that we did. So I really think you have to have a lot of confidence that there's no magic out there. It's tough for everybody. And I'm completely with Mark reaching out to people and reaching out to clients and having one-on-ones is such an important thing because it is amazing how if you warn people ahead of time and we're already having these conversations with clients so they know what's coming so they don't feel blindsided is really an important piece too sorry okay. no no i'm done you, you two are the guests of honor no apology needed there you know the only thing i want to add to the landmines conversation and, and mark alluded to this uh with one of his comments is when you feel the pressure to create revenue um, it's sometimes you can be undisciplined in your approach to the market. And when an inbound request comes in or when someone at a networking meeting says, hey, can you help me with such and such? And you really don't know what that vertical is. You know, far too often there is you know, a temptation to give in to a little bit of greed perhaps uh, and, and reach yeah. for something that you don't know, that you really can't offer great advice for that vertical because you don't have any experience in it. We all know the the inbound it's like hey i've got a mobile dog grooming and taxidermy business that i operate uh, <laughs> out of an orphanage uh you know that that sort of request you know comes in from time to time it's when we reach when we are not showing discipline in the way that we engage with the marketplace i think you just open up too many opportunities for something bad to happen 
there's nothing wrong with learning a new skill with learning a new vertical but i think learning it at the expense of the insured and not telling them oh by the way are you okay with serving as my on-the-job training uh most people would say no thank you i'd like to go somewhere that already has lots of clients like me uh too often we don't give the insured the full picture we don't tell them honestly you know i'm not really sure how i'm gonna do this but i'll figure it out and, and let them decide so uh, I'm going to go ahead and switch now to our last question in the first part of this special double episode. And again, just a friendly reminder for those of you that are listening in real time, part B is going to drop exactly one day after this first part. So uh, last question here, and Mark, I'm going to start with you and Michelle, just follow right behind. When you think about agency identity and culture and, and, and brand uh, positioning in the marketplace. What does that mean to you and how can our listeners here on Agency Nation Radio Podcast put these, uh, these brand principles into effect in the marketplace? How do we strengthen culture and brand identity? Yeah, I mean, so as far as internal brand, again, I think that um, we're unique in a situation that we're a smaller agency. Um, so the branding that we have internally is kind of a family family brand agency. So, um, you know, related or not, we're all family. Uh, and I think that's kind of how we brand our employees and uh, make them feel part of the business part, you know, feel that they're contributing, feel that they have some kind of purpose. Um, a plug for Trusted Choice. I mean, they're a huge branding for our actual industry. Um, I don't, I, I, it, it's hard to compete with the, you know, the Geico's and the, you know, the, uh, some of the, um, direct writers that have the the advertising budgets that the small agencies don't. So it's nice to be able to have the you know the trusted choices to be able to um, to be able to brand on behalf of all independent agents. Um, so I think that's very important. Well, and we're we have kind of a unique brand because we're all women, and that was just kind of an evolution. And we're we've been in the sustainability world for a long time. So I've done a lot of. I, you know, my network in this city and even beyond is really about this, the sustainability piece. Um, a lot of, a lot of things that really resonate now, we are kind of ahead of the game in the day, but it resonates a lot with the younger kids. So we tried it, we, we're reworking our website. It's almost launched. I wouldn't do it now because this would, luckily it's ready to launch. And our social media is not super wonderful, but it's good enough because our clients are really more about word of mouth. I mean, we're a little bit old school because we've been around a long time. We've been around 70 years. So a lot of our clients even resist, even though they're technological, we're in Seattle, they even resist giving us reviews, but somehow it's worked because we really stay true to course. We talk a lot about what we're about. We talk about our values. We talk about being grateful. We talk about all the time. It's part of our weekly meeting that we talk about these things because we want to invite, we want to live it. We do live it. And we have a lot of fun. Everybody, I have one of my, one of my staff members says that this isn't a, isn't a job, it's a lifestyle. And I, that just makes my heart sing because to me, that is what we want. When our client, when my clients, which are my staff are happy, they, they are calm. And then they go out into the marketplace and talk to our clients in a way they don't, they get themselves out of the way. They can talk to our clients and have a lot of empathy and that really helps. So I think 
when you live it inside out, as Mark said, it kind of goes out there. It's just really interesting. It radiates out there in some kind of weird woo-woo way, but I think it's just what happens. Isn't it so great as a leader, as a principal, when you hear one of your team members say something that you know they heard from you, that they just organically picked up from you, when it comes out of their mouth, you're like, yes, they're <laughs> listening. <laughs> they're really listening. <laughs> it's like awesome. They get it. They're really, you know, putting the pieces together. I, I just love it. It is one of the best moments we ever have as leaders, for sure. The, the only thing I want to add to the culture uh, thing is whatever you do, listener, whatever you do, do it consistently. Be whoever you want to be in the marketplace. You can be the professorial type who info dumps on people and are just full of you know, coverage explanations and best practices and whatever. You can be the quirky, weird office that you know ha celebrates the strange days like National Bubblegum Day or whatever. Uh, but whatever you're going to do, whatever culture you're going to put out there, whatever your brand identity is, be consistent. Let the marketplace figure out who you are, what you're about, and, and what matters to you. Uh, I think that's the only thing that uh, I wanted to add because Michelle and Mark did such a great job of explaining uh, the, their, their take on this. That brings us to the end of the first part of this special uh, double episode. We like to keep these things no more than about 20 or 25 minutes. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up this first part uh, talking about resilience. Make sure you come back tomorrow or for you future people, just click along to that next button there on your screen. We're going to talk about practical methods for growth and talk about systems and processes and workflows and how you can increase efficiency and profitability in your office. So that's it for this episode of Agency Nation Radio Podcast, uh, brought to you by the Big Eye and Trusted Choice. I am your guest host, uh, James Jenkins. Thank you again to our guests uh, here for this episode, Michelle Rupp and uh, Mark Ahart. We're going to go ahead and move on uh, to the, uh, the next thing we're doing today. Y'all take care.